Welcome. You're listening to Faith vs. Weight with Maria Bauer. Maria is a former U.S. Navy Health Information Systems Officer, current health and wellness coach, and author of the book, Faith vs. Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. Now, here's your host, Maria Bauer. Hello, and welcome to Faith vs. Weight. Thank you for joining me here today. If you have been searching for a biblically-based Christian weight management program and prefer weekly episodes, check out Season 1, Episodes 1-10 through 10 of this podcast. If you prefer shorter but more frequent bite-sized daily episodes, check out Season 2, Episodes 13-63 through 63 of this podcast. You are now listening to Season 3, Episodes 64 and Counting, Daily Devo, Power to Persevere, intended to follow Season 1 and or Season 2, biblically inspiring you to boldly go the distance on your health and wellness journey. Today is Season 3, Week 10, Day 3, inspired by Numbers 15-18, through 18, Psalm 113, and Colossians 3, with our opening Bible verse coming from Numbers 16:5. In the morning, the Lord will show who are His and who is holy and will cause him to come near to him, even him whom he shall choose, he will cause to come near to him. Numbers 16.5. Today's Reflection, Surviving the Sandwich Generation. Hello, Faith versus Weight listeners. It has been over a week since my last podcast, which wouldn't be so bad if this was a weekly program. However, Season 3 is a a five-day-a-week program serving as a health and wellness daily devotional to which I am faithfully committed. So if I am not podcasting, something is up, unless I am on a scheduled vacation. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Quite the opposite. Instead, for the last eight days, my world was turned upside down. I spent a documented 20 hours on merged conference calls, starting with the police, a lawyer, a senior financial advisor, fraud departments, bankers, and credit card agencies, as well as 15 hours cleaning out refrigerators and cupboards of expired food, driving to the doctor, seeking neurological referrals, and even donating to the animal shelter. Finally, another 10 hours or so was spent dealing with the social-emotional fallout of the past eight days. Miraculously, for my own mental health, I was able to still volunteer at the Prestonwood Women's Conference hosting Lisa Turkhurst and take a quick sanity break with a dear friend for a pedicure and dinner. Somehow, the Faith vs. Weight class that I have taught for the past seven years also managed to have its spring 2020 kickoff this past week at Prestonwood as well. Another highlight was meeting with Cynthia Yanoff of Part in the Mess Christian Parenting Podcast. Of course, like every other mom, as my friend says, momming didn't stop either. There were the countless soccer practices, driving practices, and church functions where I served in my capacity as a family Uber driver, as I know many of you can relate. I don't share all of this as a woe is me, although I definitely felt that way at times throughout this past week. I share this because none of the additional 40 plus hours that were required of me coming out of nowhere had anything to do with my personal finances or medical situation or my spouses or children. 
It had to do with the targeting of an aging parent. According to the Pew Research Center, in 2013, about one in eight Americans between the ages of 40 and 60 is rearing a child and caring for a parent. In fact, about 8.5 million are caring for an elderly parent from a long distance, with the numbers continuing to climb. Because of this significant aging population, crime targeting the elderly is on the rise. One of the easiest crimes to get away with seems to be financial fraud. Bloomberg put out an online article titled, How Criminals Steal $37 billion a Year from the Elderly Citing Phone Scams, Online Scammers, and Even Friends and Family Members. And I quote, It may appear that the victim gave consent, but it's often based on manipulation or deception which was what happened in our case. In 2016, the article says this type of exploitation became a public health issue because many elderly that have experienced this are not only financially wiped out, but also feel a host of destructive emotions. So sad. So I wanted to share some tips of how we coped with this. Not being any type of financial genius or aging expert, just your average sandwich generation soccer mom armed first and foremost with the word of God. But the soul who does anything with a high hand, whether he is native-born or a foreigner, the same blasphemes the Lord. And that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Numbers 15.30 A high hand in the Bible is best described as basically shaking your fist at God, someone who has no regard for what the Lord thinks of his or her activity. For my own sanity and that of my aging parent, this is how we view the situation, as well as contacting the proper authorities We prayed for all parties involved in this situation, including the betrayer. We also know from our opening verse that in the morning, the Lord will show who are his and who is holy and will cause him to come near to him. Even him whom he shall choose, he will cause to come near to him. Number 16, 5. I basically reminded my aging parent that no matter what happened, God is still on the throne and is near to all who call upon him. Although in my mind, I was giving a Herculean effort, I also had to keep in mind the social-emotional aspect of what my aging parent was going through. Because of the betrayal of someone that appeared to be a trusted friend, my aging parent started also questioning my intentions to help. In addition to that, during 90% of our merged calls with my aging parent on the line, I was scrutinized by the financial agencies that we contacted, which of course was a good thing, but very frustrating at the time as I was trying to help. This doubled and sometimes tripled the amount of time for every single call. My parents' additional lack of trust hurt, but I had to remind myself that this can easily happen after being betrayed. However, I still felt the sting of bearing the brunt of the questioning why I was helping in the first place. This, along with the financial institution's sometimes patronizing attitude, reminded me of another one of our scripture quotes from today, coming from Numbers chapter 16. In this scenario, 250 chiefs of the congregation rose up against Moses and Aaron and said, You have gone too far. Why then do you exalt yourselves? Basically, viewing Moses and Aaron as overstepping their bounds by leading the people of Israel. It was basically a thanks but no thanks. You are not any better than us. We don't need your help. Meanwhile, Moses and Aaron were serving, not exalting themselves. However, I am sure, like them and you and me, we've all been in a position 
where you were trying to help someone, but were instead not only pushed away, but maybe even accused and or insulted. Moses' reply was to tell his accusers that they were in fact the ones who had gone too far by accusing him of having an ulterior motive. I also had to remind my aging parent that I was not there to field anger directed at me just because I happened to be the messenger and the one doing all of the work. I was there to help bring truth out of the situation and order from chaos. Above all these things, walk in love, which is the bond of perfection, Colossians 3.14. The only way I was able to continue to help was to know that the Lord was in charge and that he was the one I was accountable to in the end, which meant continuing to love and protect my aging parent amidst the barbs. Sometimes it is just plain hard to help someone who has been betrayed since hurt people hurt people. Only the love of Jesus can get us past this. He came to set us free, and our thank you was a crucifixion. Now I would like to share a combination of tips from my friend Sarah and I that I applied during this time of mayhem. Most of these recommendations were from her with a few of my own personal twists and anecdotes. In Sarah's case, her mother-in-law was writing large checks weekly to, quote, secure, end quote, investments and her social security. Her grandmother started doing the same before they could stop her. This is our combined list for damage control. All of these may not apply to you, but some might. Add yourself to the checking account now before it's too hard to do later. Set up online checking and savings alerts. This is very easy. Take away the checkbook and debit card on the main account. In our case, we set up a smaller cash account with a separate ATM card so that my parents still had access to cash, but in small amounts with this account also having alerts. Lower the credit card limit and add yourself as an authorized user. Check mail or get a P.O. box close by so your loved ones are not susceptible to mail fraud. If you do not live close by or are unable to check mail daily, set up informed delivery through the U.S. Post Office. This was a great tip from my friend Jane. Make sure bills are getting paid. Do a credit search on Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. This was invaluable. We found credit card fraud in addition to what was already going on, thanks to my husband. Put a credit freeze through Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. This will stop any future fraudulent credit card applications and additional loans, since you may not have any idea of how much personal information has leaked. We had to close down several credit card accounts, moving over any household bills that were on auto pay from the closed accounts. Beyond financial, get an authorized release of medical information form from the primary care doctor. Check for expired meds. If your aging parent is still on their own but not keeping track of meds, there are several gadgets that can help, but either way, you want to stop by frequently or schedule a caregiver to check in daily to make sure all is well. Turn off the gas slash flip the electric circuit on the oven. Check for expired food. I would have never known how much was expired had I not looked in the bottom shelves or the back of the fridge and freezer as well as the cupboards. Of all the changes, the most difficult for my aging parent, understandably, was giving up the car keys. Even though I had already scheduled a caregiver to split the driving with me, relinquishing the keys was my parents' hardest step. I knew this would be difficult, so I scheduled an initial neurological assessment with the primary care provider and sought advice just in case I was going overboard. But sadly, I was not. It was time. While we are awaiting a full neurological assessment with a neurologist, 
One of the ways I helped my aging parent agree that giving up the car keys was best for all involved was stating that in an accident, more than one person can get hurt, and that just wasn't worth the risk. Again, this is not expert advice, but while we were on the subject, I had also secured the following before it would be extremely difficult to impossible later. Appointment of guardianship, durable power of attorney, durable power of attorney for health care, HIPAA release and authorization, physician's directive. If this all sounds like a lot of work, it is. Had I realized the magnitude, I would have spaced it out better. The smartest thing I did was secure the last five documents I just mentioned several months ago. However, the rest of what I just described is the reason I was not podcasting for the past eight days. If you can space this out, you can save yourself from being taken out of commission for several days as well. In the meantime, I recommend the following for your own sanity. Don't forget to take care of yourself in the midst of these chaotic times. Every day I started and ended with the word of God, either listening to the Bible and worship music and or reading the Bible. In the meantime, I still ate as healthy as I could, even when that meant fast food, chicken salads, and I did power walks on the treadmill while on the phone for many hours. I also mentioned earlier that I attended a women's conference and snuck in a 45-minute pedicure slash dinner with a dear friend and somehow kicked off my faith versus weight class. I needed to do what I loved since this stuff was at times very sad and overwhelming. It was not only hard work, it was emotionally draining, so I had to fill up the best way I knew how, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. I also had to remind myself of the importance of enjoying my immediate family instead of looking at time with them as one more thing on my never-ending to-do list. I did not have children until I was 37 and 39 since I served as a Navy officer for 12 years before settling down. Thankfully, the Lord blessed me with my now teenagers who can drive me crazy but never away. He settles the barren woman in her home as a joyful mother of children. Psalm 113.9 They saw most of what was going on. It was hard for them, but I know there were some valuable lessons learned. Finally, the devil is constantly on the prowl. But I believe in our situation, this was a wake-up call. And as always, the Lord has already turned it to good. On the bright side, we were able to help and remind an aging parent that not only were they loved, they were not alone. When Christ, your life is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Colossians 3, 4. Today's reflection, surviving the sandwich generation. Today's action, pray. During the women's conference, Lisa Turkis talked about either being the victim, villain, or victor, and how only through Jesus Christ can we ever hope to attain the victory. On a side note, Lisa also has a YouTube series called Therapy and Theology that applies to so many issues of betrayal as well as a book coming out on forgiveness. Check it out. Move. Tackle one of the above items listed earlier each week so this is not something that overwhelms your schedule if and when the time comes as it did mine. Act. Take action early before it gets out of hand. Although our situation felt overwhelming, we were able to get a handle on it before it was too late. Today's Daily Devo, Power to Persevere, was inspired by Numbers 15-18, through 18, Psalm 113, and Colossians 3. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite way to listen. Your review matters. When you review and subscribe, you can both encourage others and not miss a single episode 
as you continue to be biblically inspired to boldly go the distance on your health and wellness journey. To follow Faith Versus Weight on social, check out Instagram and Facebook. For additional program information or to contact me, Maria, please go to mariabauer.com, M-A-R-I-A-B-O-W-E-R.com. For your Christian-based daily dose of health and wellness encouragement, please subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Are you searching for a Christian-based weight management program that actually works? Check out Season 1, Episodes 1 through 10, and Season 2, Episodes 13 through 63 of this podcast. For the print and Kindle versions, check out the book, Faith vs. Weight, Magnifying the Glory of God, an action guide, Faith vs. Weight, Daily Strength to Shine. You have been listening to Season 3, Daily Devo, Power to Persevere designed to help you boldly go the distance on your health and wellness journey. Biblical encouragement from today's podcast came from the Dwell Bible Audio app, the Bible in One Year, five-day-a-week plan. Thank you for listening to Faith vs. Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. Consult your physician before starting any weight loss or exercise program. 